yeah, I left a company in 2012 and this, the vice president of, of sales and I, I was the head of marketing, decided to start our own company. So it was my first little startup and it was self-funding. We were woefully ill-prepared. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that uh, I was I was young and excited and in my early 30s and we were able to get customers we were able to do pretty well. I think the challenge was from the business model we set up it was very easy for the the sales side it was all training but what was harder was scaling the marketing side. So we were focused on aligning sales and marketing teams and most of the time a lot of our customers didn't have marketing teams so I became the marketing team. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Green, thank you so much for having me. So happy to be here with you today. I'm so grateful you're here because I know that you know we were talk- we were literally just talking about this about how like you've you know you've you- you've done your own shows, you've produced your own shows, and it's it's nice to be on the other side for a change. And I do have a burning question for you before we go any further. I saw that you got your diving license, and I was wondering what does marketing and diving have in common? Oh, what a good question. I would have to say that. There is, all right, so how about this? I'm a relatively new diver. And so it, it takes a little bit of memory muscle and a little bit of practice to really hone in on how you, your buoyancy underwater, how you move underwater. Yeah, a, a, you're, you can always tell a newbie because they use their arms and their hands a lot. So I've heard, yeah. Yeah, so they'll use their, their hands a lot um, and to find their, their, their buoyancy and to get to neutral. So I think the same can be said in marketing. Like, you know, we try a lot of things. We we do a lot of different things to see what works and what doesn't. And I would say that, you know, marketing is a little bit like finding your buoyancy underwater. Yeah, well said. I, I, I do like that analogy for sure. And I mean, what are like, what are some of the the typical kind of like things that you see new marketers kind of go through before they get they achieve, you know, buoyancy as such? I think a lot of it has to do with trial and error. We, um, we as marketers, will we'll test different platforms, different things, and see what works and see what, what sticks, what, what floats, um, and what maybe uh, doesn't work as well. So I think, you know, sometimes new marketers, it's important to get in there and just try and fail and learn and keep doing. And, um, you know, I, I definitely can say from a diving perspective, diving, um, you know, wrecks and and drifts are very different things. So it's almost like different channels. Uh, so you have to learn how to go with with the current sometimes and testing different waters. I guess you can say for marketers uh, that are new, it's really important. It's important to fail. Love it. No, no, no puns intended at all, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got you. So with regards to like for folks who may have not met you before, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you're currently spearheading and then? As, as I say, we'll rewind the tape from there. Absolutely. Sounds good. So I'm currently the vice president of marketing for 4M Analytics. We are basically building the Google Maps of the subsurface and, and, above, surf, uh, and above the surface as well of all utilities. So we're, we're a database for utilities. It doesn't exist right now. Uh, so we're mapping the United States and um, making sure that it's a little bit safer for folks to dig and, and know where these things are that lie below. Um, that are basically, you know, um, these are the uns- unsigned heroes of, of uh, civilization as we know it. Every time you turn on your tap and get water, um, every time you turn a light on, uh, there's all these things that happen uh, that that make that possible. And uh, if that gets cut off, we feel it. 
So um, making sure that everybody who needs to be able to dig knows what's below um, and stays safe so that there's no no damages, uh, you know, to themselves or or to the infrastructure below the, the earth. I love it. What, what a cool, what a cool value prop. And of course, like there is a universality to it. Um, you know, whether you're in the industry or not, like this is something that affects everyone, which I love. Um, it's cool that you, you, so you guys are focusing, focused on the U.S. right now. Uh, what's like, what's on the horizon after that? Well, right now our goal is to map the entire United States by 2025. We have five states completely mapped right now. So you can wow. Sign up for a free account, go in just as a regular Johnny homeowner if you want, and you can draw a little polygon around your neighborhood and it'll give you a little heat density map to see where there's lots of utilities and maybe where there's not lots of utilities. Um, and uh, folks like, uh, you know, pre-construction design folks will use that so that they can plan when they need to do road expansions and things like that. Um, so it's it's really uh, an amazing tool and one that, to be quite honest, was uh, um it just blew my mind that it didn't exist. I was, you, you, you read my mind, like I was literally going to say, like, it's hard to imagine, like now that you said it, um, it's hard to imagine like how people used to do things before, you know, like I think once this becomes prevalent, it's, uh, it, it's definitely going to be something that, yeah, a lot of people will, will ask that question around. Yeah. It's, it was a, it's a heavy lift right now, the way that a lot of folks do it. It's, it's digging and finding the data and the research and the records and then trying to get it into your system. But we just basically did all that legwork and made it really easy. So, love it, love it, awesome. So let let's go back to you now. Um, what was one failure for you? Oh, you know when when uh, when I knew you were going to ask this question, I I wanted to carefully select what what it was because you know as I said earlier, as marketers we want to fail and we want to to learn from things. I think one one failure that that I could also look at as a great learning and a great part of my marketing journey was I, uh, I left a company um, in 2012 and this, the vice president of, of sales and I, I was the head of marketing, decided to start our own company. So it was my first little startup and it was self-funded and it, it was, we were woefully ill-prepared. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, I was, I was young and excited and in my early thirties and we, we were able to get customers. We were able to do pretty well. I think the challenge was from the business model we set up, it was very easy for the the sales side. It was all training. But what was harder was scaling the marketing side. So we were focused on aligning sales and marketing teams. And most of the time, a lot of our customers didn't have marketing teams. So I became the marketing team and it wasn't scalable. Um, it was I was doing a lot of the building myself and a lot of, you know, the writing and, and it became, you know, overwhelming. And it wasn't something that I think my partner or I wanted to start hiring people and, you know, taking on that kind of business responsibility uh, for others. It's one thing when, you know, um, together uh, as business partners, you're, you're learning and figuring things out and not getting paid as much as, as you had, uh, had hoped, but it's another thing to have uh, people's livelihoods and families and, you know, being providers. It's another thing to have that um, um, under your, <laughs> under your responsibility. And so, you know, we, we, we have- And that, that was um, Al Alignment Group, right? Yes, the Alignment Group. Uh, and it was, it was great. We had a great time. We learned so much. And uh, we had, we always say we had a happy divorce. <laughs> um, and he was able to keep the sales side of the business. And I moved on to 
to uh, uh, run a HubSpot agency. So it was uh, it was a great learning experience, um, but but it was a failure, you know. And I'm okay saying that now. It was hard to say that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Would you ever start something? Again? Well, I mean, you you started your own HubSpot uh, HubSpot agency afterwards, right? Yes, I did with with another partner um, who had already set up a marketing agency specifically for the copier industry of all things. How on earth do you make copiers, you know, exciting and sexy? It's not easy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make a photocopier, you hit the print button, and a piece of paper comes out. Um, but we we were able to, we were able to take that agency. I love I love the specialization though. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, we uh, we were able to to take an, and start an inbound arm of that, and so that's what I ran. Um, and it was sort of a, a higher level, much more strategic consultancy um, that did really well, and is still uh, alive and thriving today. It's obviously evolved, but. Um, I took a step back because I, uh, I, as much as I loved uh, speaking and traveling and presenting and doing workshops, um, my daughter was four, and it was really hard for her. Um, and uh, she, she wanted mom, and so that's when I, I decided to sell out of the company and um, get a job closer to home with less travel. So, right, right. And what were some of the maybe tell us some of the learnings that you've had like from uh, from the first business going into this this second venture. Because um, a lot of people, when when they when they have like a um, uh, a failed, uh, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Uh, why why go far? I'll speak for myself. I had a startup um, about I don't even know how long ago, but it was maybe close to I want to say eight ish years ago um, in the food kind of like restaurant marketing space, which failed uh, catastrophically. And right after that, I was like, right, let me get a real job. And I uh, fortunately found an opportunity to work at LinkedIn. Spent some time there, then moved over to HubSpot, spent some time there. Um, and it was only after going through these companies and learning so much that I realized, you know what, something about that start. I know it didn't work, but something about that startup bug uh, that just kept bugging me. <laughs> and I eventually, um, uh, me and, me and my, my brother, we, we joined forces to start uh, Chopcast. He was at Google at the time. Uh, so we both kind of like, uh, you know, left our companies to start, to start Chopcast. And that was, um, yeah, I, I started it uh with him about four-ish years ago but it definitely wasn't like all right first startup didn't work let's let's go on to another thing right away but it seems to me that you've done something like that where you just went from one venture to the other right away i i did i did and it it wasn't something that i was expecting um i i i joke often that i got about four days to myself gathering you know <laughs> ideas for what kind of consultant I wanted to be. And, and after about four days, I, I got a call um, from the the person that had owned that original agency. And, and he said, I want you to build this with me. And so he had an established um, profitable agency. And I, so for me, that was important. So understanding that, you know, he had the funding, he had the bathroom. Right. So it wasn't like starting from scratch. Team. We weren't starting from scratch. It was just a, a, a new scratch, company right. underneath of a larger company. Um, and, and he hadn't set up very well. He was a very savvy businessman and, um, and still is very much so very savvy sales guy. Um, and it, it just, it worked beautifully. We had a wonderful team. I think at the, the height of it, we had, I had seven folks on my team. We were all remote. Um, and it was one of my favorite times in my career, to be honest. Uh, we had, you know, great clients. We had great folks building things for them. It was, you know, we were, we were following the HubSpot playbook 
Um, you know, it was fun to brainstorm and learn together and fail and figure things out and go back and do them better. And we had clients who had a lot of grace with us who really believed in this because uh, it was, you know, inbound back in 20, um, I guess that was 14, was still, you know, relatively new, especially for more yeah. old school type sure. industries like copier industries who are like, you know, you read a blog. What am I going to blog about? You, know, you want to produce content and videos? Why? Um, so it was, right. It was it's like, do you want to copy or not? Like, why do I have to write blogs about it? Exactly. So, uh, so it was a lot of fun though. It was a lot of fun. We had amazing customers and, um, I, one of, one of my favorite times in my career, for sure. One of my favorite teams. Love it. Love it. Um, before, before we move on, I, I have to ask you like, what were, what were like for folks tuning in right now, who are kind of building their startups right now or building their own ventures, maybe they've they've recently left a corporate job and they're starting to, to do that and they want to make it work at any cost there's something to be said about you know um basically like saying yes to all sorts of business especially in the beginning just to get the ball rolling um it seems that like you guys have attempted to do uh, a version of that but obviously you you realize very quickly that okay well this is not going to be scalable a and b this is not necessarily what we wanted to do so i guess like hindsight 2020 what are some things that you would tell folks tuning in who are kind of going through that right now First, don't quit your day job. Stay where you are and try to build it up as a side business first. Um, it, I think that that was one of the biggest mistakes that my very first partner and I had, that we should have stayed and tried to build it on the side um, together and build the book of business, make mistakes and learn from it. And then once we had enough either saved up or um, enough clients that were interested, then go out and do it. Don't just quit one day and go, okay, let's go out and get some customers. That didn't work so well. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, if you can, stay where you are. Stay where you are. Save your money. Um, try to, you know, make it a little, I mean, my partner and I both made it a little bit of a game. We set budgets for our families and said, okay, this is what we have this week. Um, you know, let's do ground beef instead of steak. Um, things like that do add up and give you the cushion to be able to build that and then be able to go out and, and have more stability. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes total sense. Um, I'm, I'm conscious of time, so I, I will move on to the other points, but I will just say this super quick that, uh, I wish I have taken your advice because what we ended up doing is we actually, like we tried to do, we, we tried to set up the company while we still had, uh, our day jobs, but at least one of us had to, um, had to quit to just have more time. And I'm the one, I'm the one who, who did that. So I actually left HubSpot completely before I started because I wasn't able, like, I, I really tried, I tried to think if like I could do this, like after hours and stuff, and it was super difficult. Um, but you know what? Like, I think we, <laughs> we definitely paid the price for it afterwards. Um, I think, I think like we just got lucky, uh, because, because yeah, like I, hindsight 2020, I guess for me as well, like I would definitely say, try to make it work before actually leaving your job. Cause like once you leave, like it's. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's intense for sure. But anyways, I, I digress moving on. What was one book for you in your journey? Um, well, it's funny cause I'm wrestling between two. One of them is Dr. Seuss. the places you'll go, um, just because it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's a, it's an amazing, wonderful little book. But, um, I would say if I had to pick one that was actually going to be more beneficial on, um, I am a huge fan of Patrick Lanchoni. And his book, The Motor, um, really was one of my favorites because it, it really looks more at understanding the motive 
behind why you want to be a leader. Because uh, I think there's a big difference between a manager and a leader. Um, you know, a leader is about the the team. It's about, you know, inspiring the people. Um, and, you know, it, it, it really was an amazing book and highly recommend it. And what, what would be like a synopsis of it for, for folks? Because I haven't actually heard of the book before. Well, it basically says, you know, the, the leaders who are, are really great aren't the ones that are um, hungry for success. Um, it's it's not about, you know, being the boss. It's not about being the one that, you know, can order everybody around and um, say, I'm the CEO. It's about the people who want to lead, want to guide, want to serve other people and make a difference. Um, you know, I, I always look at my teams and I say, how can I help them grow? How can I further their careers? What can I do for them while we're getting everything done at the same time? So my motivation is much more about trying to be, I always say, I, I'm, I try to be the umbrella. Um, I put the umbrella up and all of the, uh, we'll use the word crap because I don't know what your, um, <laughs> it's about the beeping system in the background. Oh, you could, you, could speak, crap. you could say whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Basically, the uh, be the umbrella that catches all the shit that rains down from above, um, and put your team under that umbrella um, and keep them protected, keep them happy, um, and keep them keep them marching towards their goals, their objectives, both for the business and in life and career. Because uh, I think it's very important. Happy people are just much more uh, productive, um, and you're around these people for a, a large majority of your life and your day. So you want it to be something you enjoy, something that um, that inspires you. So it's not about I want to be the CEO, yeah. I want to be the CMO. It's about you know I want to I want to build a team that is empowered and happy and productive and loves coming to work every day. And so that really is the essence of the motive. You know, what's your motive for wanting to be the leader? I love the umbrella um, like metaphor because. I think once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like it just, it just very eloquently kind of like ties in a lot of things that, that, you know, us leaders are trying to, to, to constantly get better at and so on. So, um, yeah, I, I love that. What, what are some kind of like practical, yeah, practical like applications of that? Like maybe any examples that you can share with us? Cause I think a lot, a lot of us, a lot of the people tuning in, like, uh, not sure might, might still be like new into their, like, you know, marketing leadership roles. And they're they're still they're still navigating this. So what were what are some things that perhaps you can share with us? Sure. So uh, and this this is across multiple different organizations that I've I've been with. You know, there's always there's always an armchair marketer, um, uh, or or a bunch of them who say this is how you should be doing this and this is how you should do this. And I saw this thing, you guys should do it. And I I always you know ask these individuals to to come to me, come to me and and tell me about that or. Or if something's not working well and numbers are down, don't go to my team, come to me. The, the responsibility is going to align with me. Yell at me, um, you know, because it happens. There, there are times when, you know, you you have to be the one that just has to take it and listen because you didn't hit your goals. But you can, you can change that story um, into one of more inspiration for your team and be the one to take the, the crap uh, <laughs> from from the folks who are looking for those results and expecting them. Um, and also just to, to shield from distraction. So um, different ideas of going in different directions or, or looking at different things that um, the business might do, you know, trying to, to be the one to keep the team in a bubble focused on, you know, what we know we, we need to do 
um, and then being the one. Yeah, to, to keep an even keel and, and direction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that's uh, that that's the umbrella analogy. It's like being Rihanna, you know, stand under my umbrella. I, I I love it. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah. As I said earlier, like it's just an easy way to kind of like visualize what 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 we're all um, striving to do. Like I guess from a from a leadership perspective, um, and and I think like taking taking the taking the blame for things or just even I think I think like, it just sends like a very clear message to the team that like hey like we're a team. This is not about pointing fingers. Far from it. Like this is about us making sure that we could get to where we are trying to go um, as a team, as opposed to like. Hey, you know, we're all doing fine, but this person, you know, screwed up. And so this is why we're not, you know, where we, where we need to be. So, um, this is just a nice way of reinforcing that for sure. Oh, exactly. Shifting gears one. Yeah. And and shifting gears once more, who is one person for you in your journey? This was another really tough one, Kareem. I, uh, I, I had to think back to pivotal type of, of moments in my career where I, I say, you know, how. How do I feel like I started down the path of, of wanting to be a leader and a mentor um, and a guide? And I, I look back and there is an individual when I was very young, uh, right after I got married, uh, and her name was Titania. And uh, I worked with her at the Baltimore Sun. And she was such a caring manager. She looked out for me. She gave me advice. She was very transparent with me. Um, and really set me down a path of that's the kind of leader I want to be. And, you know, to, she, she, when, you, a, when I say transparent, what, what, what did you mean by that? So I, I believe in, in being vulnerable and being transparent and sharing things, um, you know, to help people understand things to, to grow in their own career. So if somebody maybe has um, struggles with different things and needs to work on certain things, don't dance around it, you know, be transparent with them. Like, you know, here are some, some constructive criticisms I feel that you, you should take and, and learn from them, you know, um, and take it as you're young and there's lots for you to learn. And I want to help you learn along the way. And it's easier to, to take that approach, I think, for, for an individual than to get, you know, two or three, four years down the road with those same habits or behaviors that nobody ever helped you see weren't beneficial to a team or to an organization. Uh, I'd rather know sooner rather than later. Um, I love. Yeah, it's I, like I, it's I like it. jump in the pool already. Like once you once you jump in the pool, like you the, the the fear or or the anticipation. I think that's that's where a lot of the um, I don't know if baggage is the right word for it, but like that's where a lot of like the um, the the stress, if you like, comes from, as opposed to like just jumping jumping into what needs to be addressed right away. Um, I love the way you said it around, like you know, as opposed to like just dancing around it and never actually benefiting the other person by actually telling them what it what's what really yeah so so even though it's been you know i'm not even going to date myself but a very long time um i think that she was one of the one of the people that really helped set me down the path that that i'm i'm going down today so i thank her for that yeah oh that's awesome um what are kind of some ways that you're applying that with uh, with your team like based based on like what you've been learning from satania Oh, absolutely. So, uh, and and this is, you know, spanning across a, a lot of different, you know, I'll, I'll tell a quick story from my last company now that I'm thinking about it. It, it was a learning moment for me as well. So I had a, a young man who was, um, you know, from a career path perspective, you know, you always look at where you're going. Um, you know, you set a career plan. So, you know, uh, the last company on my plan was to move up and my boss was going to move up and 
you know, so who's going to come up and take, you know, my, my director role when, when the time comes, it was a very large organization. And so I spent a couple of years with a really talented young man and, um, he had a bit of a, he was a rock star, but he had a bit of a, um, a challenge with micromanagement and controlling his projects. He was really good at it. And so being able to be really transparent with him and um, just having real conversations and having him be so receptive to it with now, now I'm, you know, we're going to work with a team and here's, here are some ideas and examples. And so after meetings and giving him opportunities to, to run meetings and work really closely and lead projects with multiple people, um, I would give him feedback. He would ask for feedback and he really grew into, you know, what I felt was an amazing leader and and he was an introvert. Um, and my learning from this was there was one time where I said, you know, you've really got to rally the team and um, get them all excited and do that. And the next day I came back and I said, I'm really sorry. That's my style. That's not your style. Your style, I've realized in just going back and thinking through how you've run meetings, you're a very, you know, steady and confident and trustworthy, you know, captain of a ship. You don't have to be rah uh, You have to be you. I'll be me and I'm sorry. So it, learning things like that, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm grateful every day when I, I realize these, these mistakes that I make too. And I, I'm vulnerable and I share that because I feel like it's something that somebody can learn from at another point in time. Yeah, that, that, that is, uh, that's very thoughtful, I must say. Um, specifically, specifically, this notion of like uh, one one of my I know we I know we're past the book stage now, but one of my favorite uh, books on on personality is called "Surrounded by Idiots," um, and it's basically written by the guy. Uh, I have like I probably have short term memory because I can't remember his name right now. Um, but he, even though I, I I remember the book really well, but he basically is the one who created the uh, the disc profile. Uh, assessment which you may have come across and it pretty much talks about how if you are uh, like if I am for example like a certain personality type I would involuntarily scan for other personality types that that match my uh, my color he's got he's got four colors in the book that represent like the four kind of like archetypes um, and if someone is like that I'm like yeah exactly like for example me I'm I'm very like um, I tend to be very impatient and very um, direct and so naturally when I see others who are trying to get things done I'm like yes I couldn't agree more um, you know but my co-founder for example is like the um, the polar opposite he's like detail oriented slow uh, slower sorry I should say he's my brother so it's all good but he is he's slower than me uh, in the sense that like I, I'm kind of like the gas pedal in the car I'm like go 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 and he's like he's like the the brakes like wait 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 let or like the steering wheel you know just trying to make sure that we're actually moving the right direction um, and before I, when, when I was, when I was much stupider in the past, I, you know, used to make the mistake of like, Hey, what, you know, why, why can't we just make a decision or why can't we just AKA have my way? And that book really helped me realize that by the way, um, stupid, there, there are so many different ways. And if you learn the kind of like the pros and cons of your way, but equally the pros and cons of other people's way and crucially understanding how to speak their language and he really refers to it as a language in the sense that uh for example again uh picking on my co-founder my brother if 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 i don't come to him with statistics and facts and and a, and a, 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 a kind of like a detail-oriented plan uh i've lost him like it, it doesn't what i say won't really make won't register with him 
Uh, similar with me, like if he goes too much into detail with me, he, he's already lost me. He knows to focus on the big picture first and then drill down later kind of thing. So um, I love it, it. Just what you said kind of just reminded me of that, of how just because something is uh, and all these approaches are right, like there's no wrong approach here. And just because something is working well for us doesn't mean that we should, you know what I mean? Like implicate that for others. Exactly. Everybody has their own style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for sharing that one decision for you it was a big one um moving over to the organization that i'm with right now um i had a, a very good job um uh with a large organization my last company um it was it was safe you know it was safe it was um i was well compensated and safe stopped. safe good Safe was good, um, it, but it had fallen into safe. It had started, you know, I think a lot more exciting, more startup mentality, but having been, um, you know, acquired by a larger organization and moving into, um, you know, more corporate lifestyle, I guess you could say, things that used to be easy, like, you know, maneuvering a, a jet ski became like moving the Titanic. And it, it, it was, you know, it was a, a lot different. Um and it was fine. Uh, I I had a you know great team and I loved it. it but it was just it, it it turned into something that just took a little bit longer for for us to be able to get things done. And I feel like we lost a little bit of the ability to be creative and do daring things. And so when when I uh, learned of one of my coworkers at that organization who had come over to four M. I was like, hey, so how how is it? What are, you, what are you guys working on? What are you doing? And it just sounded so exciting. And they already had a really nice marketing engine set up. Um, I was really, really lucky to walk into um, an amazing team, uh, an amazing you know, director of marketing um, who has just been, you know, a guiding light for me in, in this transition into a true, true startup that just moves at lightning pace. Um I think that the decision to leave safety and go into a little bit of the unknown um, with, uh, with, you know, a bit of a risk to it, you know, it's, it, it's always a risk when you, when you go to a startup, I think that decision has really changed my life. Um, I'm much happier. I will say that it's exciting every day. It's challenging every day for sure, but it's, um, it's, it's been, and you're, one of you're, those you're just under one year, right? Or yeah, yeah it's just literally eight. Eight months. Yeah, eight months. I'm just about to hit eight months. And um, it's it's exciting every day. It challenges me every day. Um, we're building a, a phenomenal team. Um, I'm just I'm lucky to have a, a partner in, in my director of marketing, a partner in my, my sales team, and uh, a CEO who gets it. Um, it's it's rare yeah. to find that, to be able to do that. That is priceless. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and that helps attract the talent too. We have talent that has come just because they're excited about what marketing is going to be able to do. Um, that's very different. So, yeah, hundred as a right as opposed to like spending half like I'm just being honest, but like just spending half of their time trying to champion the right way of doing something where where the company doesn't necessarily see I like you know leadership doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with with these like novel ideas and. Um, and yeah, like I think like these days with with time, like people people want creative space and creative freedom to, for them to be able to really like apply the things that they've been that they've been studying, the things that they've been learning, um, 
I'm, I'm not going to mention any names, but like I've spoken with a lot of frustrated marketing leaders in the past who know exactly what needs to be done and exactly how to, you know, save, get the ship back on the right course. But there's just so much, you know what I mean? Bureaucracy, so much politics, so, so many things that shouldn't be things that just stand in the way. Um, and, and yeah, it, it can be frustrating. So I can imagine the flip side of that is obviously, is obviously great. Refreshing. And did you ever kind of connect it like going, you know, moving from like a, a safer situation to, to this more, you know, daring situation to use your word, uh, was that, did you kind of relate that back to like your older kind of like startup days and, uh, and agency days? Was there like a connection there? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, uh, I, I often joke um, whenever I uh, was speaking with someone who was going to start a, a startup or, or do something like that. Um, call me when when you wake up one day and realize it's been three days since you remembered to shower and um, you can't remember the last time you ate something. Um, and, you know, it's it's not quite that extreme with with this kind of startup, um, but uh, but it does feel like that. It's like, you know, there's working eight hours a day. In, in a corporation that, you know, sometimes it, it seemed to, to not be as exciting and the days were slightly long um, to moving into, you know, a, a normal 10, 12, 14 hour day, but you're excited to do the work. It's a big difference. You know, there's... Um, and and the know, time the time flies. I mean, it, you, yeah. it does. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, sometimes people worry about burnout and that is a real thing. Um, but if you're there are moments when you do feel like you're going to burn out, but there are other moments when you're so excited and inspired. It's not a burnout feeling. It's, it's just, you know, exhilarating. Um, but there are definitely burnout moments, you know, it's a startup, it's, it's a lot. So, uh, but it's, it's fun at the end of the day. It's just, it's gotta be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true. I, I think, um, that concept you're talking about is, uh, like the, this whole notion of like burnout. I remember, uh, reading, uh, give and take, another great book by Adam Grant and he was talking about like one of the ways to like avoid as I understand it one of the ways to avoid burnout is to actually do more but to do more things that are giving you fulfillment as opposed to just doing more and not feeling like you're you know there's no there's no like it, it's not a two-way thing um, and I think he gave an example of it I think it was a teacher that wasn't like super fulfilled in her school but she would do these like evening classes and the kids were like super grateful for her kind of thing and that gave her so much energy and so like literally doing more work actually energized her more to do better in in both in both fields. So um, I'm with you on that for sure. I remember, um, you know, and I mean, this is this is not a secret, but like the you know my my very first job, um, I uh, you know in LinkedIn, I was super grateful for you know everyone that was there. But my actual job, like it was just such a, it was so far removed from like what I studied as far as like marketing and what and whatnot. And I sometimes would feel the days like drag on much longer uh than than let's say now where we're putting in a lot more hours and you're like oh when as soon as you put you know come up for air or something you realize wait a minute time the time flew by like i literally didn't feel the time go because you feel like you are working on something that's uh a bit more aligned with like what you want to do um what you want to do so uh so yeah oh, i can definitely relate for sure oh yeah 100 percent. you look up and you're like oh my gosh is that what time it is really yeah, welcome, welcome to Startup Play for sure. Um, cool. So for our final uh, key moment, what was? Um, I'll let you decide where you want to take us with this. Um, either one learning or one accomplishment that uh, may not have been like the most obvious thing for others, but for you was just something that was particularly special. Um, I think for me to 
particularly special um, was I'm going to go back to the to the agency, uh, the second startup uh, that I that I was in, uh, Prospect Builder. Um, I really felt proud of that. Um, I felt proud of of what we were able to build, um, and I felt a sense of accomplishment. Um, like it, it it felt a little different because it was something I could look back and say, wow, like, I feel like I was able to build this. Um, and obviously I had so much help and an amazing, yeah, an amazing partner. But, but when you, you know, you look back on something, you know, a year or two years in and you're like, wow, like how, how did that happen? Um, it was a really, it was, it was a very proud, um, time in, in my marketing career. So that was the, for me, that was a big accomplishment. Yeah, and I can only imagine, if you don't mind me saying, I can only imagine, like, because before that you had, uh, right, like, it, it was pretty challenging with your with your first venture. Um, so I think I can only imagine, like, how, right, like, how rewarding it must have felt to, like, to, to like, you know, see see that through, you know, make it, make it everything that you wanted to make it. Right, like, I can do this, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because because I I just I just know that feeling like when I when I did my first uh, thing and it didn't work out I uh, and then I just went into the corporate world and for me it was just always in the back of my mind like but but could I have done this um, and so thankfully like four years later I had the chance to try again and uh, uh, and yeah like it's it's even if you're not like you know what I mean like get you know getting all sorts of like news coverage we we have like zero news coverage but like. It's it's not even about that. Like it's just about knowing that you've you went where there was nothing before, and you've you've managed to create something, um, no matter how small in, in in the grand context of things, or no matter how microscopic in the grand context of things. It you, you get to say, you know what? I actually built that. This is my work, and I've and I've put it out there, no matter how small or big. Yeah, no, hundred hundred percent. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, in closing. Where can people find you? And is there anything that you wanted to share as uh, as yourself or as a forum with the audience? Um, I don't know. Well, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, Lindsay with an A-Y, Kelly with an E-Y. That's always the challenge. Um, love to connect to people. I love just spending time, sometimes randomly connecting with someone and just spending 30 minutes on a virtual call just to say hello and learn about them. Um, and, uh, you know, I will say one thing that I feel has been a huge benefit um, to me. Well, first of all, I feel so lucky to be, you know, a part of an organization like 4M that's doing what we're doing and making a difference. And yeah, I do. I love it. I love it every day. Um, but one of the things I'm really grateful for is it can feel lonely sometimes when you're the, the head of marketing and finding a community and finding a tribe can really be something that makes a big difference. And so I feel really lucky. I found Pavilion um, a couple of years, uh, actually about a, a year and a half ago. And it's really been an amazing opportunity to connect in a Slack community with other like-minded CMOs, sharing challenges, sharing triumphs, sharing everything. Um, it's, uh, it's important to have sounding boards and, you know, get outside of your little world sometimes and ask others how their worlds are, what's working for them, you know, what are their, their pains and how are they doing? And, you know, um, that that's one community. And then the CMO coffee community is another one. Um, but I really love the last sip club because that's where we just get to show up with a glass of wine and complain. That's always fun. Sometimes you just have to vent, Kareem. You just have to. 
Right. So I feel like that is, you know, that's important. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I important. It's important about yeah. this outside. Yeah, I mean, I I I couldn't agree more. I think I think the groups are. I, I love the order that you kind of put them in as well, in terms of like start with this, go here, and you'll probably end up <laughs> in, exactly. in, in this third community. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you for. Uh, I, I've I've heard of Pavilion for sure. I haven't heard of the other two, so I'll definitely be checking them out. Uh, well, it's but yeah, it's a CMO uh, coffee. It's a CMO coffee group. Um, and it's, uh, uh, they'll have the, the coffee, the, the coffee part is every Friday and you get to learn something, but the last tip club is also part of that CMO coffee group. And you get to just drink once a week or once a month and, and complain, but I, I recommend it just if you Google it, it should come up. That's so funny. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lindsay, it was a pleasure having you on the show and, uh, yeah, we will see you soon. Thanks, Karine. Really enjoyed it.